Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, to Timothy, my own son, in the faith, grace, mercy, peace, from God our Father and Jesus our Lord, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which has been committed to our trust. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled us, for that he has counted us faithful, putting us in the ministry, whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of lost people, of the Gentiles, in faith and in truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and people, the man Christ Jesus. For he wills that all people be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. There are five powerful truths there. Those facts, words from Paul, reveal some powerful principles for some powerful redemptive facts for success in God's work. Hallelujah. These cardinal concepts will build in you unbending faith, tenacious courage, and resourcefulness for success in God's work. We talked the first time about Christ's commitment to us, about his trust in us. We talk today about his endowment of us, his energy in us. In this statement for today, I'm, I'm so moved by it. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled us for that he counted us faithful, putting us in the ministry. Paul is really talking out of his heart here. And when I hear that, when I hear him say that, I sense both the confidence and the humility of a true leader among people. We want to be leaders among people. That means we are the ones to have ideas from God that will inspire people, not condemn them or not hurt them, but will lift them. And uh, I wanted tonight, before I, 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 I talk some more about this, because there's some things I really want to share with you, I wanted to read to you a little thing that one day God dropped in my heart. I don't know if I've read it here before. Sometimes God will drop poetry into your heart if you'll listen. Try it. You'll like it. <laughs> you, might, you might be surprised what God might, might say through you. But let me just read this. Uh, God has decreed us. And he wills to, to exceed in us. His pedigree has keyed us so we can succeed plus. He's 
reached us and freed us. And his grace de-weeds us. He made, he's made us. He breeds us. And now does his deeds through us. And always he leads us. He faithfully feeds us. He truly believes in us. And God knows he needs us. He wills to be in us so he can see through us and help us succeed. Thus, divinity's free in us. Say, I like it. What works is the he in us. He shares his great life with us. His love has redeemed us. Now we give our world a thrust. God's principles speed us. And his word is his creed for us. He then guarantees us. And he even precedes us. We know we were made from dust, but we were not made to rust. God gives us, God gave us his stimulus because his life has seeded us. We've no time to think distrust. No room to breed mistrust. Because we're so industrious, God makes us prosperous. Since our great exodus from sin's big fuss and muss, we're sowing trust And thus, our life is marvelous. Behind is a trail of dust, blood, sweat, and tears. We must stand tall, be proud, and trust big, because God lives in us. And he blesses all of us, which shows how he trusts in us. That's why we're so generous in life. We are God's big plus. (laughs) You like that? Now that just dropped into my heart. But that's that's the Bible. That's redemption. That's, That's conversion. That's the new life. That's resurrection. That's the song. Hallelujah. Wonderful. I I I want to help you think. A preacher, a leader, ought to help people think. Seven questions before we... We get into this. Seven questions. Just ask yourself. I won't answer them for you. 
but take them home with you. Get them off of the tape. Think about them, ponder them, and answer them to your satisfaction. I won't judge your answer. Number one, who do you emulate in life? Think that through real hard, real, real, real thorough. Number two, why does that person impress you? See, that's a good question. I know this would make a great sermon if I'd preach on it. I haven't got time to preach on it. I've got to get this to you. Three, what is the real purpose of your life? Go preach these things. Go answer these things for the people that you minister to. Go share it with them. Number four, can God accomplish his work without you? Now that's serious. I've, saw, I've settled that. I say to preachers all over the world, God's sitting up there with all these big ideas and he can't bring them off. He needs us. You folks got me all messed up. I got to blow my nose. Wow. You're a wow cry, choir. I like the way you sing. You look so happy and so full and so vigorous. Keep looking that way. You communicate what you're singing about. Isn't that true? All of you do. All of you do. My heavens. Can God accomplish his work without you? You know, we could add to that question, can someone else do your work if you don't? Don't ever believe that. Some very famous people have said that, but they're wrong. They're wrong. If you don't, it won't be done. Because your part is unique. Unique. Number five, what convinces you that Jesus Christ is real? If you don't have reasons for being convinced, then you're clinging to a philosophy. I'm connected with a life. Are you? Yeah. Number six, how are you, how, how are you aware of his presence in your life? My, I wish I could come over here and stay a week and preach every one of these. <coughs> how are you aware of his presence? You kids, you young people, I love you here. I don't know what they're doing to you here, but they've got you interested. (laughs) You're wonderful. When I was a boy, I was like you. I listened. I believed. I was serious. And God called me to preach. Wow. And I've been to the whole world. And a woman was preaching when I got saved. You young people, you boys and you girls, you're going someplace. These questions are for you. How how are you aware of his presence? Number seven. (laughs) Boy, oh boy, it's a whopper. You know what a whopper is? More than a hamburger. (laughs) A whopper. How big, how big is God in you? 
Yeah. Ponder that one. Carry that home. Take that as an extra. I'm trying to feed you ideas. You preachers come a long way, a lot of you, across the water. And you got, I told the bishop, I said, if they can go home with ideas, then they'll, then another year roll around, they want to come back and get some more ideas. I hope every one of those sends you home with stuff to preach on and teach. I'm talking about redemptive facts for success in God's work. And the first fact I talked about was how God trusts us. The second fact that I have been talking about is His energy in us, how He anoints us. Now let's talk a little bit more about that. Remember John's baptism at the Jordan River and this serene, lovely gentleman strode down to the water's edge and asked John to baptize him. And he did it. Reluctantly for John, but to fulfill the scriptures, he did it. And Luke 3.22 says, The heaven opened... And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him and a voice. I said, uh, uh, Dr. Green, I said, what a powerful voice for the gospel. Get your computer sometime and search for voice in, in the New Testament. You'll love it. That's what you are. God hasn't got any. <laughs> he uses yours. <laughs> well, don't take that literal. You know what I mean. You know what? You, you're smart. I don't have to explain simple things like that. A dove, the, the bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Yeah. Jesus believed it. And Luke 4, 1. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost. Say, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about He anoints me. You believe it? He believes in, say, He believes in me. He, he, anoints, me. he anoints me. And the next sermon I give you, He chooses me. He chooses. And the next one, He endorses me. Oh boy, that's good. Say it. And we're going to wrap this thing up on Sunday night with He inspires me and you ain't heard nothing yet. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Being full of the Holy Ghost. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. He was led of the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And then go to verse 14. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Verse 16. And he came to Nazareth, 
where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now this was real sacrilege when Jesus read this in the temple before the rabbis. All of whom read it but didn't believe it. It was for Isaiah. Isaiah had that power. It was for the past. Not for them. Not le- Jesus believed it. When you read the scriptures, when you believe them, you sound different. And the devil worries. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This great power that Jesus accepted this anointing that came upon him he believed in it and he immediately identified it with the holy scriptures of God if we're not identified with the scriptures then we're afloat we're adrift without a rudder We must be attached to the scriptures. We must know ourselves in the scriptures. I'll talk a little bit about that later. We must find ourselves there and stand there and stay there. This power, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do wonderful things. Power. Wonderful power. I want to share something with you. I think I've shared this with you here at Penile before. I don't know. But I think I have. But, but this needs to be shared again and again and again. I have, I have the uh, ten volume set dictionary of the New Testament that's called Kittles. It's, uh, it's noted as the most responsible source of information in the world. It is created by rabbis, Catholic priests, Protestant bishops and preachers, covering all the Hebrews and we Gentiles, all classes, some of the greatest minds in Europe, in Germany, and in Switzerland, and in, in Israel, have combined their expertise to create this, this Kittles Dictionary of the New Testament. And it's considered the source without equal. 
it's honored by the full spectrum of, 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 of Bible-believing people. I studied that. I looked about that word power that we receive from the Holy Ghost when it comes into us. And uh, frankly, I was shocked. I was confirmed. I believed it already, but I didn't realize the extent of this wonderful power. And I hope each of you who have come from a distance will take this and go back and remember it and study it. But, but there are, there are, I think, beginning on volume two, uh, page, at page 309, it seems like I recall that there was something, there's something like uh, uh, 80 pages given just to define this power that we receive when the Holy Ghost comes into us. This is a wonderful truth. And here's, here's the essence. I, I cut the lines together and, and, and uh, excerpted these few lines because I couldn't give you 80 pages of fine print, small margins. <laughs> I'll tell you. The message, listen to this. Take this with you. The message of Christ is the power of God. Now you can stop right there and that'll preach. The message of Christ is the power of God. A lot of you folks trying to pray the power down but missing the message. You don't pray the power down, you preach the power out. The message of Christ is the power of God, which is the power of salvation. The power of God in the gospel is proven as God delivers the recipient from the power of darkness and translates him or her into the kingdom of his dear son. That's the proof that the power is in the message. I see that all the time. Silas Awiti, Bishop Silas from, from Kenya is here. He's been in our meetings time and time and time again. We preach the power out. The power is there. When I go to the pulpit, the power is there. The poor devil can't do anything about it. I'm charged, I'm ready, I'm anointed. I'm called, I'm chosen, I'm trusted, I'm entrusted with his message. Don't hear me and think I'm proud. No, 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 no. As Jesus said, without him, I can do nothing. He said it twice in that one chapter. I can't do anything without him. He is the one that does the work, but I allow him to work through me. I'm allowing him right now to talk to you. You're hearing T.L. Osborne from Oklahoma, his voice, but it's not that that counts. What counts is what's coming to you, the words that are coming to you. 
The power of God is the good news. Hallelujah. Is the gospel. Gospel. Now here, here's what they say. I wish Pentecostals believed that. I'm a Pentecostal. I've never conducted a Pentecostal meeting in my life, but I'm a Pentecostal. I speak in tongues. I believe in the Holy Ghost. But, but I don't run around bragging about it. I notice on the day of Pentecost, nobody preached on, on, on tongues or Holy, even Holy Ghost. Isn't that strange? The day of Pentecost, and nobody mentioned the Holy Ghost. Well, Jesus said when he's come, he won't talk of himself. He'll talk about me. And read the second chapter and the third chapter of Acts. All of Peter's sermon is about Jesus. Pentecost is to empower us to present Jesus. You're glad I said that? You didn't know that, did you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's what preaching is, saying a lot of things we already believe. But we say them again that makes us feel good, and we go again. Hallelujah. Gospel. Here's what these, I wish Pentecostals believed this. Catholics wrote it. Hebrew rabbis wrote it. Wow. Protestant theologians, the biggest ones in Germany and Switzerland, the most powerful ones, the most learned ones, the one that everybody tips their head. They wrote this. Let's purpose as Pentecostals. We're going to believe this. We're going to embrace this. Gospel, they say, is not an empty word. It is grounded in the divine act of deliverance from the rule of Satan. And that deliverance is what they said. That deliverance becomes fact when we preach the gospel. That's my life. That's what I prove. I'm the living proof of that in almost, in, you know, 86, 87 countries of the world. I've never seen it fail. Never, never, never. Whoever the people are, no matter how many witch doctors are there, no matter how many poor, pitiful people that never heard a gospel message when I preach, Deliverance becomes fact when I preach the gospel. I am announcing the deliverance of people through what Christ did on our behalf at the cross. People don't know that. They know to hang a little cross around their neck, maybe a little crucifix. They know about that. But they don't know what it's all about. I tell them what it's about, and they hatch off and get well. Don't blame me for it. I didn't do it. When I met those reporters in Oslo and, and uh, they came out there to meet me and they had heard some rumors about us in Africa or somewhere and they came out and with their cameras and their microphones while I was trying to get into the, into the lobby of the airport and they said, well, Mr. Osborne, have you come to Stockholm? Are you going to raise the dead? That was pretty sarcastic to say that, to say the least. I said to him, I said, you must have heard some things. I said, I want to tell you something. And they didn't know what to do with it. I said, hey, don't blame me for those things. I didn't know anything about them. 
They didn't know what to do with that. And they went and wrote a real nice article. <laughs> and they were, they were out to get me. But that surprised them. I said, don't blame me. I didn't do it. I didn't know about it. I wasn't aware that it happened till after it's all over and they came and told about it. So don't blame me. Deliverance becomes a fact when we preach the gospel. I'm not through. Volume 2, page 310. The preaching of the gospel. Friends, listen to me. I don't know of any way I could give you any information that's more important for you to take back to your country to encourage you redemptive truth that assures success in God's work in your ministry. Page 310. The preaching of the gospel, say, I'm ready is the continuation of the saving activity of Jesus Christ. That's why I keep going. I'm going to Thailand next, to the Buddhists. Now I'm going to stand up there, and while I preach, I'm going to be aware that what I'm doing is the continuation of the saving activity of Jesus. He's going to be saving those Buddhists while I preach to them. We were in Thailand many years ago. In fact, it was 1954. You weren't even born. <laughs> you know. And we preached under a coconut grove. Across the way was, 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 was a Buddhist temple. A little Buddhist nun, 74 years old, heard us. She was fascinated. She'd never heard anything like that. All of her life she sought peace. So she sneaked out of the temple, went to the market and bought her some, 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 some civilian cloth, and wrapped herself so she wouldn't look like a nun. She had no other clothes but, but the clothes a nun would wear. And, 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 and camouflaged like that, she slipped into the crowd and listened and received Jesus Christ. And the next day, she requested to talk to us. The next day, we sat for two hours out under the, po under the co coconut trees on a log while that precious little skinny Buddhist, ex-Buddhist nun with her eyes twinkling like stars recounted her life and her discovery of Jesus. The preaching of the gospel is the continuation of the saving activity of Jesus Christ. That little woman became a preacher I suppose now she, yeah, I'm sure she's in heaven. She was 74 then, so she'd be in heaven. But she, she went back to her village and started gathering people together, and, 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 and a church resulted. She became the leader of a village church. The preaching of the gospel is the continuation of the saving activity of Jesus. In that reverence, I approach the pulpit 
I approach, I approach people when I stand before them. I'm doing big kingdom business. I'm official. I believe. That's the secret. I believe. Hallelujah. And when you believe, Jesus says, then things will work. You want some more? Therefore, proclaimers of the gospel are the continuators of the ministry of Christ. The Catholics said that. The Hebrews said that. The, the, the Protestant high uppity up theologians wrote that. I wish Pentecostals believed that. I know, maybe some do. Good. Hallelujah. A proclaimer of the gospel is a continuator of the ministry of Jesus Christ. They stand, listen, this is almost too much to think that Catholics and, and, and Hebrews and, and high Protestants said this. I don't know how they dared put this in print. But it's that great big dictionary, this long tin volume, and it's available. They, they risk their reputation by putting it out. If I could see him, I'd say, you believe that? Well, I know they'd wobble a little like, like, like the rabbis did when Jesus went to the temple. <laughs> but I would tell them, hey, what you guys wrote is true. I proved it. Thank you for telling me. I went out there to the world and it works just like you guys said it would work. And I didn't have your certificates or your approval or nothing, but it worked. Well, I'd make them happy. Yeah. <laughs> They continue the ministry of Jesus. They stand, who? The proclaimers of the gospel. They stand in the place of Jesus. Now that's heavy. Are you hearing me? Don't ever put yourself down. You go through life worried to death, afraid you're going to get proud. Forget it. God will handle that nicely. He has many ways to take care of you if you get proud. Many Don't worry about it. His problem is getting you to stand up and be what he redeemed you to be. That's his problem. Pussyfooting around, demeaning yourself, denigrating yourself. No. Say it's ended tonight. No more nobody. No now somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am a continuator of the ministry of Jesus. Say that. Doesn't that feel good to say that? Yeah, yeah. They stand in the place of Jesus. And the next statement is yet stronger. And how in the world they ever put it in that big volume, I don't know. Listen to it. And they are as he is. They said that. They said that. Real students. They were real students. They really dug in to, to the 
to the New Testament, the wording, every wording, and that's their conclusion. One who proclaims the gospel, one who witnesses the gospel. We say proclaim, that scares a lot of folks, because you say, I can't proclaim anything. You can witness. You're a witness. You're a witness. You're a witness. Say, I'm a witness. And you witness in your way. I'm a witness. That's what I am. I go all over the world. I witness of Jesus Christ because that's what he said the Holy Ghost would come upon me to do. I could be his witness to the uttermost part of the earth. And that scares some folks. You can be your witness across your backyard fence. Daisy always said everybody's wanting to go to China. Said, forget China. Cross your back fence witness for Jesus and love your way to China. Wasn't that a beautiful statement? Love your way to Africa. Love your way to India. They stand in the place of Jesus and they are as he is. That's not all. You want some more? The risen Lord associates himself with them and gives them his power. In this power of Jesus, they stand in the place of Jesus and continue his work. Now, that's me. Like it or lump it, that's me. Because I believe in it, I believe in his words, and I act on them. And so, when I get there, the poor devil is, is, is in trouble. Because I'm the boss. It's not that I'm the boss, that I'm the more powerful. It's that I'm who I am. Jesus is at work in me, and he cannot resist the love of Jesus Christ. You believe that? What powerful words. That's not all. Jesus expressly promises his followers his own powerful presence in the Spirit. You believe that? I believe that. I'm conscious of that. Sony, you were there every meeting. We were conscious of that. When we walked to the pulpit, 100,000 people there, Kinshasa, Brazzaville, Abidjan, just recently. We didn't stutter, did we? No, we didn't hesitate. We didn't act proud, but we didn't denigrate ourselves. We didn't demean ourselves. We walked up there like somebody from heaven that came with the message of deliverance for hurting human people. And we announced it because we believed it. And we were conscious of his own powerful presence in the Holy Spirit in us. And every meeting, every meeting, every meeting, we got through and the platform was inundated with people. Carrying them up there. I mean, carrying mats up there. People walking up there. They'd laid on a mat for years and now they were up. Cripples up walking, I, I tell you, so many things you can't tell them. Wonderful, but we, because we were conscious 
of the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. And here's what he said. Here's more. It is the same power that, that created Christ's own existence and which he possessed during his ministry. He endows his followers with this power and they continue his activity in his place, proclaiming his message and working his miracles. My Lord, that'll preach. Take that home and preach it. Tell the world about that. Couple all the scriptures with it and you'll have revival. You believe that? Jesus shocked the community when he stood up there and read, read that from the Old Testament. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We have the same Spirit upon us. No difference. He anoints us. You believe that? He anoints us. I'm trying to get past this so I can get to the next one. He anoints us. Listen to me. Listen to me. As the Father has life, I read this this morning, in himself, so he is given to the, the Son to have life in himself. Same life. <laughs> you want some more? <laughs> I marvel that he anoints us. His anointing. I've, I've read you what that power is. I know what that power is. We were leaving Hyderabad one night after the meeting in a Volkswagen van. Somebody pounding on the window. They would not give up. Of course, the road was filled with people and everybody wanting to talk. And, but this one guy, he wouldn't give up. He wouldn't quit. He was pounding, pounding, and he kept on. And I said, open the door. They were all trying to protect me. I said, he wants to talk. Open the door. Let me, let me give him a hug or something. And that shocked him. But they opened the door, and he fell on my knees. I was sitting there in the, in the seat, so I got to hug him. He looked up at me so happy. He said, Brother Osborne, oh, Brother Osborne, he said, when you were in Madurai, and he said, what year it was? I've forgotten. I think 60, maybe 68, something like that. He said, when you were there, he says, I came to your meeting on that big field. I was a leper. And he said, one night, I knew I was healed. I never knew about it. Don't blame me. I didn't do it. But I'm a continuator of the ministry of Jesus. When I preach, the power of Jesus that heals and saves is in action. I'm continuing that. I'm giving him a chance to keep you. Right now, he's healing you if you listen. Believe. Yeah. You don't have to wait for a prayer. Prayers are nice. I like prayers. I pray. But right now, the truth, as you as you assimilate it and embrace it and take it. F.F. Bosworth used to say to me, he said, he said, he said, when, when, when you hear the gospel, hear it with a mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I like that. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Yes. Yes, yes, 
Say, never hear it with a no. Hear it with a yes. Mm. Wow. Good. Yeah. I take that. See, that's faith. And you'll hatch off and get well and not know when it happened. Thousands, tens of thousands of times, people have hatched off and been well before they knew it had happened. Get up and go to find the tumor. It's not there. Get up. They couldn't raise up. All healed. Get up. Maybe they had crutches. They found out it didn't hurt anymore. The old policeman in Nakuru, remember him? That old rascal. He was so mean to us, but he got converted. You made a preacher out of him. Now he's a church builder. But he was so mean, and he broke his leg. And sitting out there in his Jeep watching us, everything at Nakuru, everything that happened. And, 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 and he was a tough old rascal. And his leg in a cast. And there he was sitting there watching. And, but he made a mistake. He listened to me. That'll do it. That'll do it. He listened to me. And when he listened to me, it interested him. And in a little bit, his leg didn't hurt. And he was embarrassed because it made him cry. And he didn't want his driver to see him crying. Yeah. But finally, he wiggled it in the cast. And it really didn't hurt. And that made him really cry. And he didn't care then if his driver saw him or not. He said, my God, man, something about, he said, my leg's healed. Yes. And they took that cast off. He was, well, don't blame me. I didn't do it. I just told the gospel. The good, I can't force people to believe the gospel. I can offer it, but you've got to learn it. You've got to take it. You've got to digest it. You've got to ingest it in your spiritual system. And when you do, then what it talks about becomes fact, becomes flesh and blood in you. And disease dies. Disease dies. Addictions leave. And you become a new creature. New, wonderful, new. We continue the ministry of Jesus. You believe that? You believe that? One of our meetings, the 11 lepers uh, got out of the leprosarium and, 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 and came to our meeting. They were so desperate, poor things. And I heard they were in the crowd. Now, nobody wants 11 lepers in the crowd. Now, listen, I don't, I don't say this. I don't want you to think anything great about me. Like I said to those, those reporters in Stockholm, I didn't do it. Don't blame me. See, I just gave the message. I told the truth. But when I heard those lepers were there, and I knew they were ashamed, you know, lepers are ashamed. They don't want to be seen. And... Uh, and I told one of the pastors, I said, go get them. I don't know, something came in me, real hot. I said, go get them and bring them to the platform. We never let anybody on the platform except the preachers, you know. We would, you know, you couldn't do that. If we'd bring certain ones to the platform over there in Kenya, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? No, 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 no. But, but I said, bring them to the platform. And they brought them up there. And that was quite a sight to see those 11 people. 
you know, a lot of times part of their nose is gone, maybe their ears are gone, fingers gone, maybe toes gone, different states. It's a real sad thing. And there they stood, and the people, they were alarmed. They didn't know what was going to happen. And all, all I did, this, this, this power, this, this power, this isn't my power, this isn't my anointing. You can't touch me and get part of it. You touch him and get all of it. Hallelujah. But, but, but it came in my heart. And I said, Daisy, let, let's just go down the line and let's just minister to him. And we did. Now, we, I don't know that we ever did a thing like that. Almost never. And, and so I, I, just, I just made one utterance as I, as I took them by the hand. Lepers and all, it didn't matter. I, I, I touched flesh. Not clothes, flesh. And and, and I said, be clean in Jesus' name. And that just came out of me. Like, like when we prayed for Damiano up there in, in Nakudo. I'll never forget the, the prayer that came out of me. Oh, you spirit of infirmity, leave him. That's all. It was all. That's all the prayer I prayed. Yeah, just gone. And, and be clean in Jesus' name. Down the line. They went turned them over to the police. They took them back to the leprosarium. And it wasn't very long till one of the pastors wrote and said a couple of them had been released. They were well. Wonderful. And then it wasn't long till they told a couple more had been released. And then a couple more. And before long, every one of those 11 lepers were released from that leprosarium healed. Now, that's, that's, that's salvation. That's redemption. Redemptions for everybody. They all believed it. They were desperate. They needed it. You know, people say, why don't you have the same miracles in America that you have? You tell all those big things. Why don't you do them here? Well, we have options. <laughs> they don't have any options, you know. We can go down to the corner and get all kinds of pills that'll fix any pain. And if that don't help, we got the doctor waiting with his knife, ready to cut it out. We got options. Thank God for our options. They're not bad. They're good. They're wonderful. But, but there's a difference. These people were desperate. They had no hope. But we gave them hope. That's what's happening all the time. That's what happened to Medium Gotti that, that night, you know. Oh, God bless her came to that meeting, no hands, no feet, stubs, wrapped in dirty, dirty, dirty cloth. Pitiful, pitiful, pitiful. I'm talking about anointing. Now, when you think anointing, I'm talking things that I think the anointing is for. You talk, when many people, Pentecostals talk anointing, they talk jitters, they talk shakes, they talk quakes, they want a quickening, or they want a jerk. Or so. That's not anointing, that's silly. That's silly. People do that, they just want an attention. No, anointing. It isn't something you feel. It's something that's at work. It's the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead alive in us, continuing Jesus' ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that don't make us a great one. No, never, never. The The great thing is to give his message to the people. 
And Miriam Gotti, you know, she, uh, she, she crawled to that meeting. She always crawled to the marketplace and had a little tin horn that someone made out of an old coffee can. And she would sing there at the marketplace and sing a little song. People tossed coins. They wouldn't get close to her, touch her. And she came. And there she stayed way out under a tree, way out, because nobody wants a leper uh, next to you, especially with no hands and no feet. That's a pretty sad lot. Bless Miriam's heart. And, but she was out there, and it was the first night, and I some, for some reason or another, I felt impressed to pray just for the deaf people that first night. I wanted to just pray for the deaf, and if they could see, I told them, if you can see that happen, then that'll help you to understand that I'm telling you the truth and that, I'm, that God is with me. Because I can't open any deaf ears, and you can't open any deaf ears. I always tell them that. And, and, and so that's what I did, and, and we prayed for the deaf. Well, out there alone, for some mysterious... No, the reason is God's love power. Yeah, that's not a mysterious thing. It is a mystery, but it's God's love power. God saw her. We didn't pray for lepers, but God saw her. God comes to us when we don't come to him. God wants us when we don't want him. Out there, Miriam Gotti, she listened that night, and when we prayed in her, in her timid way, I don't know what happened, but she was healed. She was healed. How do you explain it? Don't blame me. I didn't do it. Don't give me credit or blame me. God did it. She was healed. And she came and she went home and she was afraid to come and testify, give her witness. And the next day, someone pounded on our hotel room and yelling, said, Osborne's, you got to come quick. You got to come. I didn't know what was happening. Maybe the police was there to arrest us or something. I didn't know what was going on. But, but, but they said, come quick. And they took us down there and the dust was flying and the street was full of people and the traffic couldn't get through. And there was Medium Gotti in the middle of all of it, walking back and forth, shouting and praising God. And she couldn't, she couldn't walk before. She only crawled because there was a paralysis in her back and she couldn't get up at all. Here she was, the talk of the town. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing. The mercy of God. Preach the gospel. Ladies, God will do wonders in your lives too. God will preach the gospel. God is with you. You believe that? Yeah, yeah. And medium was, was healed and, and, and she was just wearing herself out. And dear brother Silas, Pastor Silas, saw her and had compassion and went and said, Sister medium, you need help. And he picked her up in his arms put her in his, in his Volkswagen van, some kind of a van, and, and, and took her to their home and fed her and washed her and helped her. And then the district, the, 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 the provincial commissioner, what was his name? I, f- I forget his name. Anyway, the provincial commissioner and us, we got together and we were able to buy her some special shoes. And Miriam Gotti became a member of, of the Owiti Church and lived her life 
She's gone to heaven now. She lived her life as a saint of God. Wonders of God's miracle love. You believe that? And his love is for us. Right here tonight, just the same. And, and there's so many things. That, that this, this is what I This is the anointing. The anointing is in us. He anoints us. He trusts us. First, he trusts us with the gospel. Then he anoints us. Believe in the anointing in you. If you're waiting to feel the quivers, don't waste your time. Act on his word and watch him fulfill it. And believe when you teach and when you pray for someone. Believe that your prayer is heard. Don't look and check and feel and see if it hurts anymore. Come on, grow up. Believe that your prayer is heard. The miracles you experience may not be as dramatic as the ones we talk about, but they're real. And the people will recover when you minister to them. You believe that? You shall receive power after the, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, my proof producers. You shall be my witness. And you know you women must always take courage from that. Jesus said that to the crowd that included the women. You shall be my witness. And in that day, no woman's voice was heard as a witness for anything. No woman could be brought into the court. No woman. But Jesus said, in my court, you're welcome, ladies. You can be my witnesses. I will honor you. Take courage from that. You women, you've got to take courage from God's word for you. You've got to dig it out. We men are not going to show it to you. You better look for it and find it and accept it, embrace it, and go with it. Hallelujah. You believe that? God's at work here tonight. His faith in us. He enables us. He anoints us. A little boy came to our meeting. I told you, the big, I'm going to Thailand. The biggest lesson I ever learned was, was in Thailand. I went there, and it was 1954. And the first night I preached, it's the first time in my life that I, I just really felt desperate. And, and it's a lesson that will help you. We had been all over South America. Every crusade had been marvelous. Everything we touched was marvelous. Then we'd gone to Java. Indonesia. And that was the great time of ministry. We were there two months, two cities, day after day, afternoon and night. That was what broke things loose in that country. And, uh, and it's become one of the greatest Pentecostal nations in the world, Indonesia. But, but uh, and we'd been there. And then we went to Thailand. And all steamed up to bless the Buddhists. And I'll tell you, I never had such a disappointment in my life. That first night, 
I preached. It was, it was in a building because we didn't have permits yet to go out. So that first night, we just, we just had a meeting to get things started. And I looked at those people, those precious Thai people in 1954, not like they are today, but 1954, most of the hair stand right up when it's in, cropped off, just staring at you and just look. They're the most stoic people that I ever looked into the faces of, just staring at you, and black teeth. Their teeth black from beetle nut. Do you ever see black teeth? I'm, I'm saying black. Not halfway black, black. That, that beetle nut will make them just as black as tar. And when they grin, that's a weird feeling to see them looking at you strange. That hair stand on the end, their black teeth. I'll tell you, that'll make you think twice. And I preached with all the courage I had to tell those people about Jesus. And I really dramatized the, the, the cross of Christ, the suffering of Christ, why he died for us, how he took our sins, how he bore our punishment, and how he died. And when he died, we died. And when he rose from the dead, we rose from the dead. And I give them the gospel. I made it beautiful, beautiful. And I love the people. And, and, and when I got all through, then I made my best pitch for an invitation to accept Christ. And I really laid it on them. And when I made my invitation, nothing happened. After seven years in mass evangelism, never seeing anything but success, nothing. They looked at me, and they began to kind of snicker and giggle, really silly, just <laughs> like, you idiot, what, what do you think we are? You know, we never saw a guy like you, and, 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 and I found out that they were saying, you... You Americans, you're so bloody. Excuse the term in Britain, but so bloody. You're so, everything's blood. Everything's blood. So even, even you've got blood in your religion. And you think we're supposed to accept that? We're Buddhists. We follow Buddha. Buddha's peaceful. He don't kill people. You build bombs and kill people. No wonder your religion's got so much blood in it. What, 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 would you, what would you do with that? What would you do? I'm telling you, I've been there. I've done that. That's tough. What would you do? The blood, a joke. I got nowhere. I had to dismiss them. Boy, I'm telling you, when I went home, I didn't go to bed. I went up in the loft of that little, that little place where we were staying, and I stretched myself out on, on the floor. And that's where I spent the night, laying before God. And I said, Lord, see, 14 years before, I had been in India. We had been to India, and we couldn't do anything. We, 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 we preached to the Muslims and the Hindus, and, and they didn't believe. But then I went home and saw Jesus and found out about miracles, and that changed everything. So then, when that happened, and I saw Jesus, and I discovered the truth, that sets people free. Then from there, we went to Jamaica. 125 deaf mutes were healed. 90 totally blind people were healed. 13 weeks down there. And then Cuba and Puerto Rico and, and, and Venezuela and, and Paraguay and Chile and, and, uh, and, and Taiwan and, and even Japan. 
Japan. We were in Kyoto, Japan, almost in, in the shadow of the biggest uh, 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 Shintoist temple there. And there we saw 44 deaf mutes healed right there in Japan. Always victory, victory, victory. And all of a sudden here we were, and I preached to the Buddhists and nothing happened. And when I laid on my face before God, I said, Lord, look here. And I tell you, I was ready for a deal. I said, Lord, I've been, I've been for seven years now preaching your word. Always you've confirmed in it tonight. Nothing. What, what am I to do? I didn't come. You knew me in India. I failed because I didn't know truth. But I found out truth. Jesus revealed himself to me. And it's always been victory. What about this deal? And it was like a trumpet voice came in that little room. And these were the words so clear. Preach the gospel. And I was so frustrated that I argued with the Lord. You know, Moses did that once. He stood up. But, uh, but I'm telling you, I was so frustrated. And I answered back. I don't know how I had the gall to do it. But I said, Lord, I did that. Silence. And the voice came again. No, you explained the gospel. Pause. Strong. Preach the gospel. Silence. Nothing else. No more word. In Thailand, I learned that the gospel is the power of God to everyone that believes. The next night, we had her permit. We were in, we were in a, a big school, a big compound. We preached. And that night, I'm telling you, I determined I would preach the gospel. I wouldn't explain anything. And I did something that I don't know that I've ever done before. But, you know, King James is terrible for people. You know, it's got a whole bunch of vocabulary that they don't know anything about. People can learn English, but they don't know what all those these and thous and that stuff is. It confuses them. And if you preached as many times as I have with interpreters and had to repeat as many lines as I have to straighten them out, you'd, 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 you'd hang up King James and you'd go with something that's contemporary. And so that night when I walked to the pulpit, the Lord said, preach the gospel. So I said to myself, I'm going to. And that night, my dear interpreter, Suk Pongsnoy, he, uh, he, he, he knew English pretty good, but he didn't know all that stuff. I didn't care. That was his problem. I had another problem. I was going to announce the gospel. And I preached. And I preached King James, authentic, authoritative, 16th century English. That's as holy as you can get. And I preached it. And I quoted Isaiah with all the ETHs on the ends of the word that, that, that don't make sense. And then I preached Matthew 8. And I preached Mark 16. And I, I preached 1 Peter 2. I preached them 
I quoted every scripture I knew, and I never took an ETH off of any one of them. I just said to him, I didn't care what he was saying. I was preaching. I preached the gospel. Take it from me. I'm telling you this little funny story because the power is in the gospel. That's what we're to give to the world. And when I got through, would you believe, 400 Buddhists came to the front to accept Jesus. I learned the gospel is the power of God to everyone that believes it, with black teeth or white teeth, standing up hair or laying down hair, whatever their language. I don't know what Suk Pongsnoy said, but I know what I said. And I preached the gospel. And, but here's what happened. I got them up there, and I was so thrilled because, boy, this saved my life. My reputation was at stake. All these seven years of wonder, and here I'd failed, but here, oh, 400. Boy, I was in business again. Glory to God. And, and I looked at them, and I really worked on them to give them this message about Jesus so it could help them embrace him and believe in his blood and, and take it and receive it. And I got them all ready. You know how you work with a bunch of Real, these are, you don't know these kind of people in England. You don't, I'm talking about unconverted people. I'm talking about heathen people. I'm talking about people don't even know God. They don't know nothing about anything. And, and you get your work on them. You don't just pray a little prayer, I accept Jesus, Jesus my Savior, hallelujah, amen. No, 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 no. You've got to birth them. Birth pangs to bring them into the kingdom of God. And, 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 and I had them like, you know, ready to say the prayer. And that Presbyterian preacher, the, 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 only, the, the only Thai preacher we had with us, we had, we had some Scandinavian missionaries and one Presbyterian preacher, little bitty guy, <laughs> and, 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 and through him, we got a permit. If he hadn't have been with us, we couldn't have gotten a permit. But, but that Presbyterian preacher, you know what he did? He came over and interrupted me. Right at that crucial time. Now, he'd never seen anything like that in his life. But he came over there and, and, and whispered, said, Brother Oswald, no, no, don't pray yet. They don't understand. Let me explain. He used the wrong word. Oh, boy, he used the wrong word. And I was just as nice as I could be to him. I said, no, 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 no. They're understanding. Just, just, and I helped him to sit down because he was an older gentleman and I was young. And so, and I was in the Orient. You got to be real careful when you're young. You talk to an elder in the Orient. You don't get by with anything. You got to be careful. And so he sat down. And so I got them all ready again. Worked. I mean, that's a job with an interpreter that don't know what ETH is. And, and, and got them all ready again, ready to pray. And that crazy Presbyterian preacher came again and interrupted me and said, no, 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 Brother Osborne, you've got to let me explain to him. And that made me mad. I shouldn't have got mad, but a, a righteous mad. And I said, no. I said, you shut up and sat down. And his face flushed like nobody's business. And I knew I was in trouble, but I didn't care. This was my problem. And I led them in prayer. And when I, when I got ready, I turned around to lead them in prayer. And you know what? My interpreter was gone. Yeah. 
What would you do? Hey, young people, you're going to have problems when you preach. What would you do? You got to think. <laughs> you got to do something. You can't quit. And you know what? A little boy, a little boy. I love little boys and little girls. Little boy about like that blonde right down there. He was, he, he was over beyond the platform, down, but his head was sticking up above the platform, and he was watching all this and having fun, thinking how funny this was, and for me to be stuck without an interpreter. And he was just over there, just grinning like he thought, this is a real ball game, you know. And, but, but he was on my side. He told me, he said, he showed me where my interpreter had gone. <laughs> and I went, I went down the stairs, looked under the platform, and there was Soup Pong's on his knees, sobbing like a baby. I said, Soup, what are you doing under here? He said, oh, I said, weak tired people cannot weep in public. Well, I said, you're going to tonight. And I grabbed him and drugged him out of there. And that was awful to show emotion in Thailand. Pray for me. I'm going to Thailand. I'm going up to a country place, too. It's tough up there. But it'll work. It'll work. It worked then. It'll work now. But, but Sue came back with me, and we led those 400 people to Jesus. And God brought the victory. And, and Thailand has never been the same. And we went on, we went on for weeks in southern Thailand. Every morning at 5.30, we met with as many as would come and taught them the principles. And those are the ones that have built the church of Jesus Christ across Thailand today. One little boy that found out where I was living and he asked the matron of the house if he could bring his mat. He's a village boy. Said, can I bring my mat and put it under the window where, where the Osborns are sleeping? He says, I want to sleep close to them and maybe it'll get off on me. <laughs> and, and he did. That little boy grew up. And then when I went back there many, many, many years later, he, he was my interpreter. And then it wasn't long after that Today, he's the superintendent of the Assemblies of God churches of Thailand. See, God works. We are the continuators of the work of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I love you. I love you. I have witnessed to you some of the things that I've experienced in confirmation to his word. Because Paul has said, I thank Christ Jesus who has enabled me. He's counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. He honors you. You believe that? What are we going to do about it? All we can do in a conference like this is say yes again, isn't it? That's all we can do. But let's do that. I believe in yes. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to ask you to stand. I want to pray for you. Then I want to lead you in thanksgiving. Because God is in this house. God is in this house. God is in this house. When you preach Jesus, God is present. When God is present, His power, His love power is at work. It's working in you now. Believe it. Embrace it. <coughs> Agree with it. It's in you. 
I don't know what it's doing to you. What's your need? Are you sick? Are you afraid? Has the Lord called you and you've been afraid to respond? Are you a lady and you think you're not worthy or you're not supposed to do anything? <coughs> let, let, this, let this Jesus be alive in you. How big will you let him be in you? Don't limit him. He loves you. He's pleased to be represented by you. You suit him. He's not ashamed to call you brother or sister. You believe it? His life is here. Embrace it. How do you do it? I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. Take it. As Bothero said, say, mm-hmm, yeah, wow, mm-hmm, I believe it. Yes, count me in. I'm for it. If that's your attitude, that's, that's receiving it. You believe that? Draw near to him. That's a silly statement. How can you get close to him when he's in you? But we say it. It's a nice statement. Draw near to him. Sounds nice, don't it? Well, I don't know. Maybe we do. Maybe, maybe we do. Maybe that's okay. But anyhow, let, 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 let him be real to you. Ponder him. Reflect on his word and what Paul is trying to get across to you. Reflect on it. Embrace it. Hallelujah. And let it work in you. It's working in you. The power of the Holy Spirit that brought Jesus from the dead is alive in you. In you. And many of you, out of this meeting tonight, many of you young people, many of you, you you'll preach the gospel because of this sermon tonight. Because of this witness I've given you. Simple witness, but it's a real witness. And you won't get away from it. Some of you kids, you'll think about this. Some of these stories I've told you, you'll think about it. That's what the gospel is. It's a bunch of stories. Mark told a bunch that he saw. Luke told a bunch that he saw. And now T.L.'s over here telling a bunch that he saw. So I've been telling you my gospel. You know, Mark had a gospel. And you've got a gospel. You're writing a gospel every day. And tonight is a good chapter in your gospel. You're going to vote tonight. In your heart. You're going to vote. You're going to decide. You're going to make up your mind. You're going, to, you're going to determine your future tonight. Make it positive. Make it good. Count on Jesus. He's reliable. He loves you. He believes in you. And he's happy to be represented by you. You can continue his work. Say, wow. wow. I believe it. Put your hand on your heart. Father, Oh, Father, oh, Father, oh, Father, I thank you for these people. I pray for them. I pray for these people. Look at these people, Lord. Look at us. Here I stand, trying to be a voice on your behalf. No doubt much of what I've said has been, has been useless. But a lot of what I've said has pleased you. 
and you've taken it into the hearts of the people. And here they stand. Look at this sanctuary. We are in the holy place with you. You are in us. You are wanting to be one with us, completely one in us. You came to us. You died for us. You took our guilt. You bore our punishment. You removed our sins. You, 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 you removed us from our sins. Remission. You took sin and separated it from us so that we are clean. Sin is condemned. We're redeemed. Look at us. We're the host of the Lord. We believe in you. These people have patiently listened to my witness almost like Paul that night. The man fell out and broke his neck. Thank you for their patience. Thank you. Teach us. Help us. Help us tonight to grasp what counts in life. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you. We thank you publicly in this holy place. We lift our hearts to you and say thank you for redemption. Thank you that you have lifted us, delivered us out of darkness. Yes. Translated us into the kingdom of your dear son. Here we stand tonight in dignity, in righteousness, in holiness, unblameable, hallelujah, without blemish. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Thank you for it. We exalt your name. And we say to you, Lord, our hearts are open. We embrace this. All that we can comprehend, we embrace it. Be in us what you want to be. Continue your ministry through us. Hallelujah. 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 Continue your ministry through us. When we touch people, the touch is blessed because it's your touch. When we speak to people, our words are blessed because they're your words. When we look at people, our eyes represent something that's attractive because it's you, your compassion, looking through our eyes. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a joyful contemplation. What a wonder. It's all to honor you. Hallelujah. 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 Okay. Okay. Put your hands up. Put one hand up. Two's too heavy. Put one hand up for a little bit. Say, Jesus. 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 You're the Redeemer. My Redeemer. You paid for me. You healed me. You delivered me. I am yours, you are mine, we are one. I open my heart, be in me all that you are. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Give God praise and thank him for what he's doing.
Hallelujah. 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 It's real. It's real. He's real. Young people, kids, he's real. Hallelujah. I love you. I love you. I love you. Hallelujah. He's real. Yeah. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of you kids are never going to be the same tonight. You're my friends. I stay in touch. Amen. You know, it's as simple as that and as beautiful as that. Really is. It's great to be able to hear what God says. That was a beautiful story, beautiful testimony of God's faithfulness. It's so, so real. Don't forget what you've heard. Let it get in your heart. Meditate on it. Let it sink inside. You know, sometimes you listen and you forget. Don't forget. Remember. Let it get inside you. 